You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. Gotta catch them all on the quest. Here we are. I am Justin <laughs> with my partner in crime, Brian, and we are on a special, special, special episode of The Quest uh, where we have a guest and his name is Alex and and you know this is not necessarily an expert episode it's a Pokemon Master episode Ooh. so <laughs> first off Brian how, how are you how great are you? glad to have Alex here today to talk about something I know very little about yeah thanks for having me guys yeah this is this is exciting we've had this on the docket for many 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 weeks maybe might might have been the most planned ahead episode um, <laughs> just because I really wanted to talk about it. We wanted to learn a little bit more and we had someone in mind that uh, has been a, a, a dedicated listener to us. Uh, but, uh, but before we, we jump into any On of the that, penultimate episode, no less before yes. 100. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Big 99. Uh, 99. Yeah. This is, whew, we're one away. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, we uh, we're obviously here to talk about Pokemon today and we'll we'll jump around to the different subsections or subsets of Pokemon, but before we get into that, I I, I figured it'd be good to to learn a little bit more about you, Alex, as our, our Pokemon master. What uh you know, what's tell us a little bit about yourself, um, just in general. I know this there's some special moments in your life too as as a <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was considering calling myself Listener Lex in uh, <laughs> about Listener side joke. I thought that'd be pretty cool and a homage to him. But uh, like I said, I, I'm Alex, and uh, I've known Justin since first grade, and uh, he's been one of my best friends for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up in Pennsylvania together, I'm usually a normal guy. I'm a physical therapist in Pennsylvania. I just became a dad. Um, my wife, Kristen, and I just had our daughter, Kinsley, about a month ago. And it's been crazy, but, uh, you know, we're hanging in. I'm very proud of, of both of them, Kinsley, for hanging in there with us and, and Kristen kind of learning this whole parenthood thing, too. Uh, otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm pretty normal, you know, sports fan, you know, started to play tennis, uh, hockey and stuff like that I really like. Uh, video games are usually like, you know, Fallout, Skyrim, you know, all that normal stuff that uh, is easy to, to kind of say, hey, yeah, I, I like this. But uh, Pokemon is basically my guilty pleasure for sure. And probably the game that I played, I would say probably the most out of anything in my whole life. So have you played since you've had a child? I have actually. So <laughs> there is a, a newer game uh, that's out for Switch. Um, it's called Pokemon Let's Go. And it basically combines the old style games with uh, Pokemon Go mechanics. And I can play that with one hand on the Switch and have my daughter in the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. You're a master. Uh, <laughs> uh, nothing else needed. <laughs> so like alex what 
give us a, you know, obviously I've known you forever, but uh, I'm even curious about this. Like what, what is your background with Pokemon? Where did you kind of first get into it? And, and what are the things that you'd mentioned the games, but what else have you uh, indulged in your Pokemon guilty pleasure? pleasure with uh yeah good question actually you're gonna find this very funny justin so the first time i ever found out about pokemon it was probably near around the time that the first ones were released in the u.s um so i was probably about eight to ten years old somewhere in there and uh i was at a sleepover um and you're not gonna believe who it was aaron g oh that aaron okay. oh wow I and brian has no idea who that is but uh aaron is an old friend who uh Comes up in conversation, but we're, we're not exactly, we don't really keep in contact with him. But yeah. uh, we were all kind of gathered around uh, his Game Boy. Uh, we were all watching it, you know, like nine years old. Everyone was really into it. And so then I guess probably for my next birthday or Christmas, I don't remember what the time frame was exactly. Um, but I ended up getting uh, Pokemon Red, which is my first Pokemon game, which is one of the, which is one of the original games. Um, that came out in the U.S. and the rest is history. I I played uh, the second generation, which we'll get into a little bit uh, a little bit later. When that came out, about two thousand one ish or so, took a little hiatus uh, when it became uncool uh, to like <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> through middle school, and most of high school, and then near the end of high school and college, I really got back into playing the games again because uh, you could download like emulators on your computer and you didn't necessarily need uh, a Game Boy for them. And uh, probably uh, since about 2010, I've been buying the versions regularly um, as they release. Kind of why why do you like sense. it? Good question. <laughs> I think uh, to an extent it's kind of like a nostalgia thing, but also I just kind of like the strategy. Um, you know, there's, 18 different types of Pokemon that all have kind of different strengths and weaknesses um, that go against each other. Uh, as you'll get into, there's uh, almost a thousand Pokemon in total. So you can go back and, you know, really change the game depending on which Pokemon you have with you in your party. And you can do uh, one thing I've been doing to kind of up the challenges recently for me, because the games now are kind of, they kind of hold your hand and, walk you through it a little bit more than the old ones. So to kind of up the challenge, you can do different things like, you know, pick one uh, type for your entire team. So you pick like fire type and all of your Pokemon are fire type. And you have to try to make it through the game. Or there's another version uh, called a Newslock run, which basically you catch one Pokemon per little area. And if they faint, you can't use them anymore. So it's kind of like, you know, you have to try to think about your strategy for not letting your Pokemon be defeated in battle. Otherwise, you might end up with none left and your game is over, essentially. When you talk about the different, like, challenges that you're doing now, are those actual settings in the game or are those things that, like, you're just kind of forcing yourself there, to play by? Yeah, there's self-imposed rules that I kind of found um, on the internet to kind of spice things up a little bit. So, Alex, you talked about the games. Did you, I know I've been around you with, with some card opening, but did you collect or play the, like, physical card game at all growing up? So, I did collect cards when I was younger. I haven't really done much of that besides, you know, the fun ones we would get once or twice when we were all hanging out later on. Yeah. 
but yeah, so I, I did collect some cards. It's not extensive by any means. Um, but it was always fun to kind of open those packs up with friends and kind of see what you get because it's all kind of random cards in there. Yeah. So what's your favorite cool. Pokemon? Great question. So I actually do break that down into two different types. So there's legendary Pokemon and non-legendary Pokemon in, in the game. So uh, legendary Pokemon are really cool because there's usually only one of them in any version of the game, but they're usually very overpowered. So I kind of consider them cheating to not only have them on your team, but also to have that as your favorite Pokemon. So I differentiated it into two. Um, so my favorite legendary Pokemon is Articuno, who is a, one of the original legendary nice. bird Pokemons. Yep. It's an ice flying Pokemon. And the reason why this is one of my favorites is actually because I have an Articuno card that I opened in a pack. So it's probably my favorite card that I have. And um, I, it's also very useful, especially in the first game. Um, and so that's why that's one of my favorite legendaries. And my favorite non-legendary is a Pokemon called Alakazam, which is a very powerful psychic type Pokemon. Does, it's very fast and does a lot of damage, but it's basically a glass cannon. So if it gets hit, it's pretty much dead, but it can knock things out like really quickly. Um, and especially in the first couple generations before the game really got balanced, it was an almost unstoppable Pokemon to have on your team in the games. Um, so which you've played almost all of these games. What's your, what's your favorite game amongst them? So uh, my favorite game is probably uh, Pokemon Heart Gold, uh, which is actually a remake of genera uh, Generation 2 games, mm -hmm. uh, the Gold and Silver games. Uh, which I actually think is the best uh, generation of the games as well, especially uh, because the, the Heart Gold version is kind of the updated version. So you actually have Pokemon that can follow along behind you as you walk through the world, uh, which is pretty cool. And that's uh, really the first game that you could do that with any Pokemon. Um, they did a special version, uh, Pokemon Yellow, where Pikachu followed you around. So it was like you were in the anime. Mm -hmm. uh, but in Heart Gold, you could pick anyone and they'd follow along behind you and the cool thing about this generation um i'm talking about generation two plus the remake mm -hmm. is that you start off in a new region and you play through the whole thing and then at the end you get to go through the whole region that you did in the first version so like you get to go backtrack and go through the entire other region and all go to back to all the old cities that you went to so it's just a kind of a really big game and actually pretty cool to kind of go back and and visit those other towns again in that game do you have a favorite pokemon memory playing the game so actually i was, I was thinking about this one and a lot of it goes back to my first playthrough of uh, Pokemon Red, which was the first game that I played. And so there was a lot of wonder in that because there wasn't like internet as well as it is today, obviously. So you couldn't just go online and like look things up. So you got stuck on things. And I remember being lost in Rock Tunnel, which is basically a dark cave oh, for weeks. And I wasn't able to light it up because I didn't find the item to do that. 
so I kind of wandered around and I, I finally got out of it. Um, and uh, in the same way, I didn't necessarily know Pokemon evolutions and, you know, when Pokemon evolved and all of that. So my initial starter Pokemon uh, was Squirtle. And when it ultimately evolved into Blastoise, which is its final form, uh, that was also very exciting and memorable for me because I had no idea that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. So how long did you actually spend in this cave without light? Like, are you just walking around in the dark or how, how does that happen? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so, so again, this is going back to like nine-year-old me, so 1999 or 10-year-old me. So I, honestly, I, I don't remember the exact amount of time, but I remember having to like stop playing for a little while because I literally couldn't find my way through the tunnel. And you needed to get through it to, to actually progress the story. Yeah. And there's like trainers in there, so like you're fighting other other Pokemon and there's wild Pokemon in there that keep attacking you. So every few steps you get an encounter where something else would show up. And so Pokemon would die and, or faint, I should say. And then you have to like start all over from the beginning. And so basically you're just like walking around, like bumping into walls where it'd be super easy if it was lit up. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I would say yeah, game time, I was probably a few hours and honestly, this was, 20 years ago so I, I don't really remember anymore but uh i just it was just very memorable when i finally did get out i was i had to like quick save it so my battery didn't die okay i got <laughs> you have to redo it again so so there were trainers there things were happening inside of this dark room and it wasn't just like you're yeah. just wandering around for hours in this dark room. Yeah, there are things happening. I didn't know when they were going to happen. <laughs> got it. I got gotcha. you. I mean, it's like trying to solve a maze, but you can't see the maze. It's, right. It's but crazy you're walking home. around blindfolded. <laughs> yeah, but but there's still yeah. gameplay happening during yes. that time yeah. period. It's not just like you're in this bad. maze like, oh, you know, blindly walking around and nothing else is happening other than you walking around. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I was picturing you doing for a couple weeks. <laughs> that wouldn't have been nearly as entertaining. Yeah. Or maybe it would have been. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Justin, I, I think we should unbury the lead because I mean, if people haven't already picked up, I have no clue what's going on in this <laughs> yes. game. I, I honestly, I could probably say that on, I could count on one hand the number of times I've actually physically played Pokemon. And like, like the game, like the game. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I had very little knowledge of it. I didn't have a game boy growing up. So I think that was one, one, uh, limiting factor there. I will say that in 2016, when Pokemon go came out, I did dabble in Pokemon go for about like a week. And that was it. Ah. Oh. Okay. Part of it was. Did you enjoy it for a little bit of that time? Uh, it was something to do, but okay. but it wasn't like I wasn't crazy about it. Like I wasn't going out and doing you know things you know like walking around and trying to 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 catch the Pokemon. Uh, I actually remember going to Mexico, and and it was like right when I kind of got on the game, and and it was only like that was what kind of hindered it to be just a week. Is I went to Mexico and I was like. 
Uh, I'll play in the airport, and that's you know, like I'll I'll play on my way down there, and and if there's you know maybe they're down there. I don't know. I don't know if they they extended down to Mexico, and then then I was down in Mexico for a week, and I lost interest and was done. <laughs> it doesn't seem like something that would be very much fun if you didn't already play the games or have that be a part of your childhood. Yeah. 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 I mean, Pokemon Go, I felt like was built based off of nostalgia. There were so many people that jumped back into it to play that game just because they wanted to feel like they were a part of it again. Um, I think that was the biggest draw. Now, I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised that that game is still around and, and kicking. And I actually have a news story about it, but it's just, it's crazy because, you know, I, I died out for me. I jumped back into it for a while. But um, yeah. Anyway, for my background, a um, little bit different than Alex. Obviously, I, I have not followed it the same close, same level that Alex has. But when I was younger, uh, I played the original games. I had, I actually had it on two different Game Boys. So I had it on the Game Boy Color, which was when I played most of it. But at my dad's house, I had the original Game Boy, that gray, big, <laughs> fat thing. And I had uh, Pokemon for that. And so I played a little bit over there, but mostly I played on my Game Boy Color. Uh, and I was Pokemon Red. And Team Red. Uh, yeah, the Red. And I, I played that. Uh, I loved it. It was my favorite game. Everybody played it, honestly, I felt like uh, in our age group. But. So we, I, I was big into that, but I was actually in the younger years, I was even bigger into card collecting. So I grew up collecting sports cards and then Pokemon cards. And, you know, I still, heck, I got even, even into magic when, uh, <laughs> when our, our special guest, Tony Gerretto got, got into that. And I, there's something about, there's something really special about opening up a pack and getting something unique and cool. And uh, that uh, I found doesn't matter what the, the, the pack is. It could be anything really, as long as I'm passionate about what it is. Um, there's some excitement to that. So I loved, absolutely loved opening up packs for Pokemon. And actually I have it here. Uh, the, the listeners can't see it, but this is my original, 151 i have every single card in the original set and i i keep it safe here uh my i don't know if i would say my prize possession um or i could pick out which one i think uh probably the charizard is always uh, you have to have it if it's a part of a, a card collection but um, charizard, yeah you have to you have to like charizard the best when it yeah. comes to the cards yeah of course i mean the holographic <laughs> charizard is a classic but the one of my sure. favorite. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Dragon oh, um, fire. It looks like a dragon. Uh, it's like pulling. Uh, yeah. fire and stuff. What's I, <laughs> Brian, pulling a holographic Charizard card or a holographic Charizard card is similar to pulling a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card in terms of like comparison to card collecting and all that. Like Ken Griffey Jr. is like, you have to have it if you have card collection. Same thing with Pokemon with the holographic Charizard. But funny anecdote. Um, yeah. My first Game Boy game, uh, since we're talking about the, the Pokemon games, was uh, yeah. uh, King Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I guess I wanted to, to speak to this because it was related to the cards for me. But uh, one of my, my favorite 
moments uh, that my family hates me for, at least my mom and my sister, is I guess it was in oh I, I don't I don't know the year correctly. Maybe it was two thousand ninety nine two thousand. Uh, Pokemon had its first movie come out and it was literally I think it was called Pokemon the first movie and for those who attended the movie you would get promotional cards related to it and that was just the first opportunity to get a Mew which was number 151 in the collection and and the even though they had all these packs and everything else you couldn't get Mew until that moment at least you know, at my knowledge at that point, maybe there's some secret ways or through, through the Japanese cards, but, but yeah, so I dragged my mom and sister to the movies so that we could get extra cards, not because, you know, I, I actually wanted them to be there with me. I just wanted to get the extra cards. <laughs> so I, I have a promo Mew card, a promo like Pikachu card and some other, I think there was like Dragonite and some others, which I don't know if there are any, I, I kind of want to look up and see if they're worth anything now, but um yeah and now since then i guess you know to get into it a little bit more since then i've played the games but only maybe like 25 percent of them i picked it back up in college i think actually alex was a part of the group that got me uh a game boy advance and then the pokemon uh, game was it advance i think it was a ds we, oh, DS. Uh, That's we right. all did uh, pokemon black and white together in college yes. yeah so that was my nostalgia coming back into it and then and then I got back into Pokemon Go, which was, um, or yeah, Pokemon Go. And that was fun. Probably did that for maybe three, four months and, uh, and then dropped that. It's hard to play a game when no one else is playing it, especially one like that where I was like, oh, I wanted everybody else to play so we could compete and do all that. But then we all kind of stopped playing it. So I stopped as well. But yeah, that's, that's my long-winded background on, on Pokemon. Right. Interestingly enough, I never really got into Pokemon Go like you did yeah strange all got different angles all right well let's jump into some news you're a newsman i ever tell you otherwise you in the face all right so my news comes out of taiwan and the title of this new story is people in taiwan can ride the subway and and pay for snacks with pokeballs so Taiwan and, and specifically Taipei has this thing called an Easy Card, which is an uh, NFC uh, powered payment card, and essentially it, it's kind of like a touchless uh, card system that people in Taiwan can load money onto these cards, uh, and they're just like plastic, you know, chips or whatever that you know you can make payments on the transit or or whatever. Um, convenience stores, all that, those type of things. And uh, last year, they unveiled that the payment card could also come in the form of a Pokeball. And they sold about uh, 3,000 units, and obviously uh, those sold out very quickly. And in 2020, they're going to do another run. So that's why it's kind of a recent you know, resurgence of this news story. Um, they, apparently they, uh, have already sold over 14,000 of them total. And so they just can't keep up with the demand for these pokeballs that double as payment cards. So you so, like hold it up to, and they scan it somehow. Yeah. It's like your tapless <laughs> payment. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That sounds awesome, but also impractical. Like I don't want to carry around a, a ball when I can have a card. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
That's funny. And um, if you ever watch the anime, um, basically they can expand and contract contract the uh, Pokeballs. So like it wouldn't be as bad, but obviously they're not doing that in real <laughs> yeah, life. That's, that's actually <laughs> not happening. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to carry it around on my belt. I, I, I am uh, a big Pokemon fan, but I don't necessarily love advertising it to everybody either. <laughs> Yet, well, here well, you are you're on, on this po- podcast. Yeah, Quest for 100. Now I am. I guess the world knows I might as well just move to Taiwan now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or what does that say about our, our podcast, that, that we're not really going to everyone? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I guess I have to work on that. <laughs> Well, my, my news actually was related to Pokemon Go because um, they actually, as uh, this is news as of, I think, today, uh, they have added a new type of egg that requires you to walk up to 12 kilometers to hatch. So this is something that uh, Alex will know well um, in all, in I guess all of the games, maybe not first gen. Did they have eggs in first starting, gen? Starting in the second oh, generation. Second gen, yeah. So yeah. where in the game, you'd have to walk around a lot like you know with your fingers essentially and then an egg would eventually hatch and then you'd be able to do you know grow up that that um, pokemon this one you actually have to walk 12 kilometers to get this egg to hatch and this apparently is the second time uh pokemon go has added a new distance class of egg to the game since it's launched so this is like the farthest newest distance that they're saying um which is one thing you know with Pokemon Go, I think part of my justification for getting into it and saying, oh, yeah, it's okay that I'm playing this game, even though it's probably for, you know, not my age group, was I was like, well, I'm walking around outside a lot. You know, I'm getting exercise. And I said that like in every conversation I had with someone (laughs) to justify it. But I actually was having a lot of fun with it. And the eggs allow you to do that, too. So currently the strange eggs are the only way to obtain new arrivals to the game. I'm going to butcher these names. Alex, you may know them. Uh, Pawniard, Volaby, and Sandile, um, each of which also have multiple evolutions to obtain. And then strange eggs are obtained while fighting Team Rocket leaders, which are the the bad guys, Brian, for your knowledge. Um, the mini-bosses, as they call. And you must fight six Team Rocket grunts first in order to t- track down the egg so anyway if you play the game that's pretty exciting i i don't i i part of me wants to get back into it again um but uh we'll see and generally in the games uh the more rare pokemon is the longer it takes to hatch their eggs so the more steps you'd have to take mm-hmm. uh, the, the pokemon that you uh just mentioned there aren't necessarily like super rare in the the games themselves that they're actually in Mm-hmm. Um, but it is pretty cool because there's so many Pokemon. Obviously, they're not all in Pokemon Go just yeah. yet. So um, yeah. that'll be incentive for people to get out there and walk for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, drop some knowledge. As we normally do, I am the history guy, and Justin is the stats guy, and we always start with history. So Pokemon is short for Pocket Monsters, which is the original name, uh, Japanese name, and that name has roots in a gaming mag- magazine called Game Freak, which actually dates back to the 1980s in Japan. So the magazine was started by Sat- Satoshi Tajiri, who was the writer, and Ken Sugimori, 
uh, who is the illustrator. And they started to develop games on their own, like Yoshi for Game Boy and NES, and then uh, numerous other titles for various consoles. So Tijiri started the first thought of the idea behind Pokemon around 1989, when Game Boy was first released, and, and he was really inspired by his childhood hobby of collecting insects. And then in the mid-1990s, they pre- presented the game of Pokemon to Nintendo, and because of the success of some of their other previous titles uh, they had developed for Nintendo, they were allowed to create this Pocket Monsters, uh, and at that time they created Pocket Monsters Green and Red. So then on February 26, 1996, they actually debuted the game. And this was only in Japan, though, at the time. So we've kind of hinted around this, but at the heart of the game, you play as a Pokemon trainer, traveling the world and collecting little monsters and training them in battles with other Pokemon. You start with a single Pokemon, uh, getting to select uh, one of three, and you aim to, quote-unquote, like you've already said, catch them all. So there was a total of 151 Pokemon uh, when they first started. Uh, you have all those cards, apparently, Justin. I do, yes. But in order to get them, you'd have to trade with other players. Red and green were actually different versions, and each had exclusive Pokemon. And so you would use the Game Boy Link cable uh, to link up and trade Pokemon, That's as well great. as battle with other people. I forgot about the linking. Alex, did you do linking? So, so a little bit, but it was actually probably really smart on Nintendo's part because it probably promoted people to buy two Game Boys and both versions of the game. So this is what I did. So I had a get original Game Boy and I also had a game color that I could trade between. So if you got both games and you could get all the Pokemon. Oh, interesting. By yourself without interacting with your friends, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because we were always like, you know, we were playing football and doing yeah. all this outdoor stuff, when, especially when we were that age. So, yeah, so I think that was probably really smart on Nintendo's part and something that they still do to this day. <laughs> yeah. So with the game, you'd, you'd travel to different gyms and battle gym leaders uh, to win badges, eventually facing off uh, with some of the best trainers and attempting to defeat the quote-unquote evil mega corporation. And uh, this is really the the plot of most Japanese role playing games is is kind of the the same concept. So ten year old taking on the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the release of Red and Green, uh, Game Freak began their philosophy of two game re- uh, per, games per release in the main series, which even continues today. So Red and Green uh, and a spo- special Blue were released in Japan in 1996, but it wasn't until 1998 when Red and Blue were released in the U.S. Pokemon Yellow was released in Japan in 1998, which saw the introduction of Pikachu, which was kind of talked about, and this coincided with the, the anime. Each about two to three years, a new series is released with the latest installment coming in uh, November 15th of 2019. Have either of you guys played that one? I do have that. I got Pokemon Sword. Yep. Sword Sword and Shield were the the two most recent ones. Hmm. Each uh, generation introduced more and more Pokemon uh, with the number, you know, well over uh, 
800, I think it's closer to 890 um, today. Mm-hmm. And there have been a, a massive amount of cultural spin-offs from the original video game uh, since its introduction in 1996, including an anime series that really helped spurn the popularity of the game. So, Brian, I, I, this is something that I did not know. I guess I never really thought back to it, but I always thought the anime came first and then it was these other things, but it, it, it was the game first and then cards and anime after. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of wild. Yeah. The anime, I mean, timed fairly quickly with it, but yeah, I mean, the, the idea behind the Pikachu, like Peach, Pikachu from, I think this timeline wasn't actually in the game yet. And, but so Pikachu was in the game, but on the box art of the original games, they used uh, the starters, the final evolutions of the starter Pokemon from those games to put on the box. Got it. Pikachu was in the game, but they kind of adopted Pikachu as like the, the cute mascot uh, that everybody recognizes. Got it. So that's when yellow. With- yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so a total of 23 animated films have been made. We talked about the trading cards game, which actually, again, made by Wizards of the Coast, um, the Renton company that also made Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. There have been uh, manga, comic book series, and, and even a Monopoly board game that was released in, in 2014. And then we talked about the Pokemon Go, which was released in 2016. And that's an augmented reality mobile game. That was released to the world. So that kind of brings us to the today as we, we talked about the last year releasing the um, Sword and the Shield as the most recent. So probably in the next one to two years, we'll see another release. With more Pokemon. I, I you know, I guess you it's up to the imagination to keep coming up with new Pokemon. Um, at a certain point, you're just kind of like, well, this looks just like this other one. Or they started, Alex, I don't know if you've had... You know, I've seen this with the cards, but um, the mega mega Pokemon where it's like, oh, you can level up to or, or evolve to a Blastoise and then it's like a mega Blastoise. Like, I, Good question. I'm, so, I'm a traditionalist, when it, so it's a little weird for me to see. Like, yeah, that. yeah. So it's a good question. So they've, they've uh, tried to add in some new game mechanics to kind of keep things interesting, kind of spice things up a little bit. Obviously, like you said, you know, I don't know, a lot of the new Pokemon, I'm like not the hugest fan of a lot of them. Uh, definitely more of a original one, 150 and even, you know, some of the second and third generation sure. ones. But, you know, they do run out of ideas and everything's kind of based off of something in the world. And I mean, when you have 800 or almost 900 uh, animals and different things, it's hard to come up with new ones. So in the sixth generation, uh, which was Pokemon X and Y, I believe, uh, they came up with the new uh, Mega Evolution. Now, not every Pokemon can have this, but if they hold a specific item um, to that Pokemon, so if a Blastoise holds, uh, Bla- I think it's called Blastoise Ite or something like that, mm-hmm. in the battle, they can power up even more, essentially. Yeah. So uh, it, they, they increase their stats and... Yeah. Um, I think they can use, I don't know if they can use different moves. Um, that's the main thing. They kind of change their yeah. appearance and become more powerful. And they might have like 
you know, an extra little move or something like that they sure. can do, or just kind of really powers up their attack or defense. Then they tried adding the Z moves in the next generation, which was Sun and yes. Moon, which was basically holding an item and then it's like a superpower attack. Um, mm-hmm. but the Pokemon stays the same. And the most recent one is the Dynamax, uh, which they've been using in the newest uh, Sword and Shield games, uh, which you can basically make your Pokemon gigantic, increases the stats, but it only lasts for three turns and you can only do it once in an entire battle. So they basically try these new like mechanics, mechanics yeah. strategies and, and just kind of keep things fresh. Yeah, no, I, 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 I have... I have obviously not seen it on the gaming side, but on the card collecting side, which I, I, I have not actively done, but my uh, nieces and nephews collected over the last couple of years. And I've seen these cards come out that are like Z this. And like, they're like crazy, like in your face, holographic. And like, yeah. it's just insane. And I'm just looking at this. I'm like, I get, I feel old, but I look at it. And I'm like, this, this isn't, what pokemon's about but it, it definitely changes things and yeah it's 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 a lot different now than it used to be versus when you were just kind of pitting the pokemon against each other for what yeah. they were yeah i mean it makes sense you gotta evolve but anyway so I'll, I'll jump into some stats here so uh pokemon is actually and this is one of the one of one of the many reasons why i wanted to do this episode is it's actually the highest grossing entertainment media franchise of all time having grossed an estimated 90 billion in lifetime revenue. I think this might've came up in maybe our, I don't know, one of our collectible matchbox or something like that, um, or star Wars or something like that. But anyway, it is incredibly, incredibly successful. And the fact that they've been able to do this for, you know, 20 plus years is it's pretty awesome. Um, we, we alluded to this, but there are 893 Pokemon to be exact. Uh, within the eight generations. Alex, did you play all eight generations? Uh, yes, I've played games in all eight. I haven't played like every single game, but sure. I've played at least one game in each generation. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I think I have played two, two or, or no, sorry, three generations within the eight, um, though I'm somewhat familiar with some of the new ones. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, we, we broke out or we've talked about a couple of different facets within Pokemon and I'll, I'll jump into them specifically. So in the anime, it was actually really successful. The films watched were watched by over 70 million viewers uh, in the Japan box office and the television series uh, by more than 1 billion viewers across 124 countries. So this was not obviously not just a U.S. and a Japan thing. This was um, this was worldwide. The cards, Pokemon Trading Card has sold over 25.7 billion cards, making it the second best selling trading card game. This was a shocker to me after Yu-Gi-Oh. Interesting. I, I would never have put huh. Yu-Gi-Oh. I always thought Yu-Gi-Oh were like it was like what? Yu-Gi-Oh and Digimon yeah. were like the knockoffs, which obviously you Yu-Gi-Oh isn't and it's different. Digimon was definitely a knockoff. Yes. Um, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Like even the even the anime of that was based around the card game versus like Pokemon. It was like Pokemon were living in the world. Yes. Yeah. But I just kind of a shock. I knew Yugo was big, but um, it's one of those things like magic where you don't realize it's big and then you actually go into that world and you're like, oh, a lot of people are really passionate about this. <laughs> one of the world's rarest Pokemon cards 
was sold for $195,000 at an auction in Lidwood, New York in 2019. It was actually the Pikachu Illustrator card. Uh, and it was given away to 39 people who finished first or second in three special illustration contests run by Kuro Kuro Comic in 1998. And there are only 10 known to be in existence. So, you know, again, similar to how a lot of sports cards go and other collectible cards. I think we talked about, again, in the Magic episode, Brian, but like, you know, you can get a card that's just super old and rare and then it worth, it's worth, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. There's a ton of other ones too. Uh, you know, I was going to breeze through a couple of them, but, you know, if you have a Charizard first edition holographic, could net you about 800 bucks uh a shiny charizard first edition could get up to a thousand bucks you know the booster packs themselves are worth it because you might pull one of those really valuable cards uh so and that not only maybe you get it but you have that thrill again that i talked about that that really you know gets you um gets at least me excited for them um, and you know, there's a, there's a bunch of other ones that you kind of look up, but, um, but getting to the games, which this was all really based off of Pokemon is the second best selling game franchise, having sold over 340 million units as of March of 2019. And that's behind only Mario, uh, Pokemon go is the most downloaded mobile game with over 1 billion downloads, which that's kind of shocking. That's impressive. Considering there's so much out there. Yeah. And the Pokemon video game series has shifted or shifted a total of over 1.31 billion units in retail sales and official downloads. So a lot, a lot going there. And then, you know, I couldn't talk about stats without actually talking about Pokemon stats. So I wanted to bring in a couple interesting things. Um, Alex, you may know a couple of these things, but uh, in, ter- in the Pokemon world of the 893, the highest HP or hit points, so like health essentially, is 255 by Eternatus. Is that right, Alex? Does that it, sound? And that's one of the new legendaries. Yes. I think it's Eternus or something Eternus, like that. So he's, yeah. Uh, he's Gen-, Gen 8, so he's he's new. And then the other one is a Gen 2 Pokemon, Blissey. Yes. Um, which is Chansey's? It's an evolved almost? form of Chansey. So it's yes. basically all HP and really like weak otherwise, but like yeah. you can't beat it because it's just got so many hit points. Yeah. It's <laughs> hard in, to beat. Yeah, Brian, you may not get this because you didn't indulge like I did, but uh, it's like a wall in magic. So, so those who follow uh, magic, it's like you basically put it out there, just take hit, and then you pull out something else to actually do some damage. The strongest attack is 190. Alex, do you have a guess on who has the strongest attack? It's a Gen 1 Pokemon. Oh, it's a Gen 1. It's probably Mewtwo. It is Mewtwo, correct. (laughs) It's impressive. Yeah. Strongest defense is Eternatus again at 250. Which is Um, why, like like I said before, like the legendaries are kind of cheating. Yeah. It's like Eternus and Mewtwo are legendary Pokemon. They're just like way stronger than mm-hmm. anything yeah. else. Yeah. The fastest Pokemon is a Gen 3 Pokemon. It's and that would be is that Ninjas? No, it is Ooh. not. Uh Deoxys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
legendary. <laughs> yeah. I actually found I, I I recently bought some used cards maybe a year ago at a yard sale, and I have a Deoxys card, and I I was like, oh, that's cool. I actually know that Pokemon now. Um, at a speed of one eighty. Uh, the tallest Pokemon is also. Oh man, I can't believe I have to keep saying this word, but it's e- Eternat. Eternatus. Like I'm just eternal. Keep it. Eternal. Yeah, eternal. Eternatus. Yeah, that one. Even I don't um, know. <laughs> it's 65 feet, seven inches tall. So. Which is crazy because uh, they can go against, like, you know, a Pokemon that's like one foot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, actually, and the, sh- the shortest is a four inch tall Joltik, which is Gen 5. Uh, which I think is like a bug Pokemon. Little, little spider, yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian, for, for comparison, because I wanted the visual, um, the Hammery Man in Seattle, Alex, I don't know if you remember seeing it outside the art museum, is is 48 feet tall. So it would be about 20 feet taller than the Hammery Man in Seattle. And it goes into a little Pokeball. And it goes into a little Pokeball, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then last but not least, the heaviest Pokemon, which my gut was going to be like Snorlax, but that's that's like old school, not even close. I Probably used think. to be. But the heaviest Pokemon is Celestiola. Celestiola? Does that sound familiar? Gen 7? Okay. That's probably, a, actually, I'm not too familiar with the, out of all the generations, that's probably the generation I played the least. Yeah. So I, don't, so, I think I may know that one, but... That one is 2,204.4 pounds to be specific. And on comparison, Gastly. You carry on your belt. Yeah, and you carry on belt. Uh, <laughs> Gastly and Hunter are the lightest at 0. 0.2, 0. 0.02 pounds. So, um, yeah. They're ghost Pokemon, just, they're just gas. Yeah, they're just <laughs> gaseous. So, but that's all I got on stats. All right, well, let's jump into some friendship test. Just become best friends. Yep. All right. So the very first question is maybe the most important one. Alex wanted to make sure we talked about this because this is a heated debate for those who do play. So we may have to give you a little bit of, of details on this. Yep. But you have to choose your starter Pokemon. So we're talking original starters here, and you have a choice of three. You have, I'm going off memory here, so I hopefully I don't screw this up. <laughs> we have Charmander, who is a fire Pokemon. Does he have any other things tied to him at, at start, Alex? Yeah, he's, a, he's the fire Pokemon. He, he's like a little, uh, it's like a salamander who stands on his hind legs, and his tail has a flame on the end of it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. I know, I've uh, seen him. seen him before. Okay, yeah, so you have Charmander. You have Squirtle which is a water Pokemon. Um, looks like a little turtle. Yep, yep. And then you have Bulbasaur, who is a leaf or grass Pokemon. Grass, grass is that yeah. correct term? Um, grass. grass Pokemon, and he looks... He looks... What does he look like? Uh, You're kind of like a little, like, dinosaur-type frog-looking thing with a big, like, flower bulb on his back. So, Brian, I'll also show you, because this is important, what they evolve into. So you have Squirtle that, well, this is really bad. Light really shiny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't see that. Blastoise. Yeah, yeah, okay. Charizard. Okay. And then Venusaur is the final. 
okay. for, um, for Bulbasaur. So, um, Brian, I want to get your take first, and yeah. then we'll, we'll talk to, to my, Alex and I. But yeah. what, who would you go if you had to choose between one of them? I, I feel like I have to go to Charmander. I think I just like the name the most. And then, like, to I knew he evolved to Charizard, which, again, mm-hmm. sounds really cool. Uh, I don't know if it's more difficult than, you know, the other ones to get to that final evolution. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with Charmander. Yeah. I will say, in terms of, like, evolving these starters, they're all the same in terms of, like, the amount of effort that it would take to get to their final stage. Mm, yeah. Okay. Got it. So... For me, I I just have to go with what I did, um, which also is Charmander. Uh, I I went with that. I think, and and I, I want to get your take on this, obviously too. But I think the the who you choose as your starter does say a little bit about you as a person. And I feel like Charizard, like if you're choosing the the, the fire path, like that was just like the like you want a cool, you want the coolest pokemon like you want charizard you want like that's the classic pokemon and i would venture to say while i don't have data to support this i would venture to say that that was probably the most popular choice followed by squirtle squirtle was turns into blastoise which is incredibly powerful and a good counter to charizard because of the water against the fire and a lot of people like Squirtle because he's a cute little Pokemon. So, like, people went with that. Um, and then I don't know many people that took Bulbasaur. So, I'm laying the groundwork for you to to maybe fall into a trap. I don't know. But Alex, who, who is your who is your? Well, player? I'm going to give a shout out to our friend Mark and tell you why you guys are wrong. No, <laughs> uh, no. The cool thing about starter Pokemon is that uh, you can make it work no matter who you choose. Um, I chose Squirtle as my my original starter and uh, Squirtle is still my favorite starter. Charmander is, I would say probably is the most popular choice and Charizard has been you know remade in, in, in a ton of different games. Um, mm-hmm. he's, and he's typically again one of this one of the star Pokemon along with you know Pikachu and all that. And uh, definitely is one of the more I'd say probably the most popular choice out of the three. But if we're talking about the games, which which I generally am, uh, Charmander is definitely the most difficult choice in the generation that it's a starter in, which is the first one, uh, because it doesn't really match up that well against um, the other gym leaders and the other trainers that you might face. Um, so it tends to be the hardest choice. And in the first game, Charizard's really not as powerful as it seems. Bulbasaur, there's a lot of Bulbasaur truthers out there for sure. Um, and Bulbasaur is kind of the most well-rounded of the three. Charmander tends to be speed and attack. Bulbasaur kind of has a mix of both. But I'm not really a big fan of grass type because uh, they have a lot of weaknesses. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the grass type has seven weaknesses out of the 18 types, uh, which kind of leaves it vulnerable, if you ask me. So... It's, I'm not a big fan, but it can be a very good Pokemon. Uh, Squirtle tends to be a little bit more defensive, but uh, also still has you know, really good attack. Um, and with water, they're only weak against grass and electric types. So 
you can really send Squirtle and its evolutions out there against a lot of different Pokemon, and it fares pretty well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that tends to be why I like Squirtle the best. And, and it's kind of cool because, you know, in the game, you, uh, what is it, your, your rival? Uh, who is your rival? Your rival is Blue or yeah. Gary. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, so. <laughs> um, so your rival usually has another starter Pokemon that you play against throughout as you, you know, grow throughout this, the, um, the game. And it, is it typically the counter, like the, the one that you're weak against? Yeah, so the interesting thing about the starter Pokemon is they're all good against one and bad against another. So Charmander is fire type, so good against Bulbasaur, the grass type, but not good against Squirtle, the water type. Yeah, it's like rock, paper, scissors. Huh. One of the three is going to win against the other one. Um, oh, all right, well, you, but, uh, you guys keep talking about types. Do you have a, a favorite or best type? You can make any of these types work. So there's 18 types. I'm not just going to, I don't have to list them off, but um, they all kind of have that same kind. It's kind of like a huge, like rock, paper, scissors game, like, like uh, Justin was saying. So um, all these types are good against certain ones and weak against other ones. So an attack will be uh, either not as effective or super effective depending on what it is. So, for example, like the, the fire type move is super effective, do double damage to the grass, uh, but do half damage to the water. For me, uh, probably my favorite type is still the psychic type, uh, which goes all the way back to the first generation where it was actually kind of broken. The game wasn't balanced and there wasn't really a good counter to the psychic type. So they basically dominated. Uh, but I just like the way that they play, like the the attackers tend to hit really hard and they tend to be very fast Pokemon. So I kind of like my Pokemon to go first if possible. And although they tend to be fragile, so, you know, they're weak against dark and, and ghost Pokemon and those will kind of beat you up if you go out against one of those. So you have to be careful. I also like water um, for kind of the reason I was explaining before where uh, they tend to just be kind of strong Pokemon in general and can stand up to a lot of, of different types. And um, interestingly enough, the water types tend to get moves. Uh, these Pokemon tend to be able to have access to these different moves that can counter the electric types and the grass types. So it can kind of defend its, themselves a lot of times. Yeah. my It's, it's tough to pick a, a favorite one for me just because it's been years since I've played, but um, I do remember, obviously, I, I tended to lean towards fire as kind of my go-to, but I think a lot of people lean towards that. So I would, similar to what you were saying, Alex, I would stay away from the, um, like, the grass and the, the bugs, any, any of the ones that are, are uh, weak to fire. But I, I do remember liking, uh, not as common, but liking the dragon Pokemon mm-hmm. and then the dark and the ghost Pokemon. You know, they're just kind of you know, hard to, to get. And, and even like, especially the ghost ones, you know, I mean, you can't even hit them with, with some, you know, attacks. And yeah, the normal that, type attacks don't hit the ghosts. Yeah. Which is, which is and pretty fighting. great. So I, I tended to, to like those, um, uh, in the grand scheme of things, but Brian, if you, you know, looking at this list that that's in our doc here, you know, do you have, if you had a, I know this is a tough question for you, but if you had to pick a type, that you feel like would be probably the better, like you had to go to battle with a, 
Pokemon of that type, what do you think would be the best? Well, I, and I didn't even realize that this was what Pikachu was, but but for some reason, Electric stood out to me, and then I looked it up, and that's what Pikachu is, and I like Pikachu, so mm. I'm going to go with Electric. <laughs> I don't know nice. that that's necessarily the best choice uh, all around, but uh, uh, some some reason, like it's a little, it seems like it would be a little bit softer than fire so it, it might have better defense for other things I, I don't know i'm just thinking so electric electric is a good type um there it's only weak to the ground type where it can't affect ground obviously because like if you you know lightning kind of gets absorbed into the ground so that's where a lot of these type matchups kind of come into like these real world kind of things you know so um so the electric just basically is not so great against ground, but can really affect a lot of these other types um, pretty significantly. And they tend to hit pretty hard and aren't also fast Pokemon. So I tend to have an electric Pokemon a lot of times on my team. So I think that's a good choice. Nice. So I, I, we might already have this, this answer between Alex and I, but just for the sake of clarification, what is better collecting cards or playing the games? Alex, I'm guessing it's playing the games. Yeah, it's an easy choice for me, playing yeah. the games for sure. Yeah. Because I feel like I could just go back to them versus like I have cards and I even forgot to get them out for this podcast. <laughs> so they just sit in the box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Uh, for, for me, it's, you know, I appreciate the games. It's a little bit closer of a choice for me. Um, but I think it's it's the cards. I When I pulled out my, my little binder here and I looked at some of these cards, I just lit up. Like I, I, it was just some nostalgic thing, and I, I'm sure I would get that with playing the game again, but there's just something special about seeing those cards and the memories of opening up packs. So I, it's it's card collecting. Did you ever actually play with the cards though? Or so is it no, collecting? I just was collector of them, and um, I attempted to play a handful of times, and I just wasn't a big fan of it. So I just collected and. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it was because I was into sports cards and then Pokemon cards, and that's why I just was like, I like the collecting aspect of it. But yeah, I never really got into the, the playing. Huh. What, what would you What would you think, Brian? If you had to choose one to get into right now, what would it What would it be? I think it would be playing the game. I mean, yeah. uh, even just going thinking back to when I was younger, uh, I remember kids playing, you know, on their Game Boys playing Pokemon and you know connecting them together and I, I there's something about that i think that's a cool aspect even from a technology standpoint you know pretty advanced at that time so. yeah so brian I, I wanted to clarify this because you lightly touched on that you well you didn't lightly talk about it. you said you weren't super into it was there you know are, are we talking barney age gap here like was there a you know your group of friends mm. and people around you that just weren't super into it in the late 90s you know younger kid thing no i I don't know that it was necessarily an age thing i think it was just a uh you know game boy thing Uh, you know whether you got a game boy or not you know i i particularly was bigger on the the single play handheld games than i was on getting a um you know a game boy um Mm -hmm. so like i had some really old school like baseball games and and things where you had to physically take the console with you but for some reason i enjoyed that more than i enjoyed 
the Game Boy. Yeah. So. That's a that's an interesting point because uh, up until the this most recent release, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, which was released for Switch, all of the Pokemon, uh, the main Pokemon games were released on handheld, uh, whether it's uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, uh, or Nintendo DS. And when I was young, I only had a Game Boy. Uh, I didn't have like N64, Sega, and like that stuff. I went over to friends' houses for that. So I think that's one of the reasons why I, I actually got really into Pokemon. Cool. Well, you know, before we get into our, our delusional thinking question, um, I, I tasked Alex, or Alex even had the idea that we could do a little quiz here for you, Brian, because we, we love putting you on the spot <laughs> when you don't know the, the topic very well. Yep, so, yep, let's, let's um, do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I want you, you have to answer too, Justin, because because well, I, I'll answer after yeah. after you yeah, answer because yeah. yeah. I don't want to give you any hints, and there's a good chance that I will screw up too. Yeah. So that's that's I, I did try to pick. So what we're gonna do here is I'm gonna say a Pokemon, and I'm gonna give you three choices of type, and you have to tell me what type you think this Pokemon is. Um, I tried to pick some kind of different ones and maybe even justin might not necessarily know okay uh, but i had to pick it so that it maybe in the name you can get a context of, of what this pokemon might be yeah. since obviously yeah. we don't have pictures sounds good um, but a lot of times they name these pokemon based on either what they do or kind of what they're based off of which can give you an idea of what type it is i uh, already kind of spoiled my first one i was going to give you a layup of pikachu Uh, (laughs) so you got that one i'm very proud of you brian (laughs) i couldn't have told you that before i I would have probably guessed that just because of the color right exactly (laughs) (laughs) all right so the first one is a is a generation one pokemon it's ekans which is actually snake spelled backwards um so is ekans a poison grass or dark type pokemon I'm going to go with grass. grass. I'm questioning myself now. I'm going to go with poison. It is poison. Dang it. Okay. Poison snake. Okay. All right. All right. So, okay. Now the playing field will be level after this one here, Brian. So the next one is mudkip. Is this a water type? Ground type or rock type? Ground. I am. Oh, I'm going to go ground as well. It is the water starter in Generation Three. What? But I... it does eventually grow and learns ground attacks. I thought that might trip you guys up a little bit. What? What is that? What was the name of that again? Ground. Mudkit. Mudkip. It's a little like, uh, it's like a little like. Oh, he's blue. If I saw him, I'd obviously be able to see his water. Yeah, you definitely. Okay. So the next one is Purloin, which is Generation 5. It's a cat type Pokemon, or it's a cat looking Pokemon. Is this a normal type, psychic type, or dark type? I'm going psychic. I'm going to go normal. It is dark. Loin, stealing. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. 
right. I got two more. If we got time for two more yep. real quick. Yep. Um, this is, uh, these last two are new Pokemon from the new game. This next one's called Clobopus. Is it water, fighting, or bug? Clobopus. I have my answer. Uh, I'm going fighting, but I don't like it. I'm going fighting as well. Fighting! Yes! This one's funny. It actually tripped me up in the game because you find it in the water. It's an octopus Pokemon. Thought it was water type. Was very surprised to find out it was not. So I I had to put that one in there because it tripped me up too originally. I was picturing a hippopotamus. I'm going to be honest. Hmm. (laughs) Like I didn't know what to picture, but I was picturing something that could clobber someone. It was like had to be fighting. But then I was like, the puss was like, what? Yeah, good good context. Okay, last one is Roly Coley. Is this a rock, fire, or steel type? Rock. Roly Coley. Rock. Doc did not like the rock answer. <laughs> um, I am going to go with rock. It's rock. Good work, guys. Yeah, All right. you're up there. All right. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. You got you got the Pokemon naming style. That's good. Yeah. Good yeah. work. All right. Well, uh, off of that high, I guess we should go to our delusional thinking. Someone gives you ten thousand to one on anything, you take it. <laughs> Whoops. I just played the office uh delusional thinking intro, but oh. it'll work. <laughs> All right. Well, the today's question we are choosing between two options as we as we typically do would you rather get your acceptance letter from hogwarts or get your call from professor oak to come pick your first pokemon what uh what are you guys thinking here do we have harry potter fans i guess we should we should uh clarify that Ryan, Alex, you Potter fans? No. Potheads? No. <laughs> I, I do like Harry Potter. Uh, I, I did watch all, I've seen all the movies, read maybe half the books. Okay. Uh, but I would I be a bad expert if I didn't choose Pokemon? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. That's yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I think I'd be letting nine-year-old me down if I, if I didn't say. That is an uh, excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. We probably should have um, thought about that when constructing that question, Justin. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, it's a tough question for me. So, I, I'm, you know, obviously not very interested in either of them. Uh, I did read the Harry Potter uh, first two books, and I think I lost interest about the third book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm – so, I'm thinking very practically, right? So, I'm thinking, you know, if, if I had these pocket monsters – you know, at my beck and call at all times, or I could be a wizard. Like, you know, after, after going through all the teachings on both sides. And I think I would prefer to be a wizard because I think I would be able to do more things and, and have more manipulation over my life as a wizard than just to have some, some pocket monsters and able to battle things and kind of defend me or whatnot. 
So I will say in uh, in defense of Pokemon, if you've seen the anime, in the anime they're actually very useful. So they they do all kinds of different tasks. They like help you cook, help you build things. Um, you know, they can help you move things. But I gotta go that. find them. I gotta go find them. Right. Right. That is the drawback. You do have to go find them yeah. versus like just learning spell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's. I guess that's implied within this question is, you know you're getting that call to get your first Pokemon, but then you're able to get more of them. Just like if you're going to Hogwarts, you're going to learn multiple spells. And to your point, Alex, I, I'm really split on this. Like I, I I'm like 50, 50 because I, I agree with the wizards and be able to be like, Alec, well, Alakazam, that's Pokemon too. But the, um, but like to be able to just like wish things and then them to happen through a, a wave of your wand. Um, I'm sure there's limits to that, though I'm not a, uh, a very big Harry Potter fan. Um, Pokemon, there's something cooler to me about Pokemon of just having these creatures that then, you know, are they're not just, they're not like a pet. They can't, could be viewed that way, but they could also be like your friend and they could, you know, you know, Maybe they you can't really speak to them. There, Alex, is there any Pokemon that speak English or speak? Uh, just the just the Team Rocket and Meowth in the anime. Oh, that's right, that's right, <laughs> Meowth. Cool. Um, but no, I, I actually it's interesting you say that because I actually am not a pet person, which makes it interesting that I would choose Pokemon. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just there's something it makes special. A different, I yeah. guess. there's something they, special. I feel like they understand you, but. But uh, you know they don't actually talk back to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all they have to say is their name because uh, that's how they talk. Yeah. So that would be one. The one asterisk to this is it might be annoying for the every Pokemon that you own to just the way they talk is by saying their name. Is there a limit <laughs> um, to the number you can actually carry? So at once you can carry six, but you can catch as many as you want. But but they just get like you basically just store them in a database. Yeah. So can you recall uh, them, them off the bat? Like uh, if, or basically can you only use six at a time? Yes. You can only use six at a time. You can switch them like outside of battle. Like you can switch them. Yeah. Yeah. It takes six in with the same six in with you. So I did look up in, in Harry Potter. There's around uh, 80 spells available. 80 spells. Interesting. Yeah. And there's 809 90 or so. Yeah, but you can only Pokemon. use six. You can only use six of them. Six at one time. Yeah. I can use all 80. Down. I can use all 80 spells. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, here's my take. I, I'm going to, I'm going to plant my, my, my flag here. And I am 50, 50 on all, maybe 51, 49, but I'm going to say Pokemon. And I think the main reason why I'm sticking with it is, you know, all those other things I said are, are part of this, but to be there's something cool about the evolution process when you play the games you know it like you feel it but like when your pokemon is going through that evolutionary step it's like you're you've accomplished something together with them or whoever like that can happen to a lot of pokemon not all of them but a lot of pokemon will evolve and to be able to kind of see them grow up and and gain personalities and evolve like that to me is really cool and I think that's that's going to be the main reason why I choose that. Yes, they have all the abilities and they can do stuff and they can fight and all that, which is really cool. 
but there's something special about that evolution process and that's that's what's drawing me over to the pokemon side is there is there any um other than training and that kind of stuff are there any other competitions in pokemon like are there any sports because like quidditch for harry potter just draws me i mean like i'm a sports guy like i I, yeah you know to be able to play quidditch on a broomstick i think would be awesome Fair. So, so I I do know that at least in the one generation that I played, they do have like stadium, and they had like actual like sports like we have here. So they had like soccer, basketball, mm. uh, all like that kind of stuff. So it seems like they do have like normal sports still too. But are you talking about like with the Pokemon themselves? Yeah, I mean like yeah. So so like that That's sport would it. be. Would be me competing as a trainer, or would it be my my uh, you know Pokemon competing, competing, or do they just battle? Is that it? Maybe, I guess they mostly just battle. But yeah. I bet you could, I bet you could do like different like challenges and, and stuff like that too. I think there's one version of the anime where they don't actually you don't actually battle for the badges. You you do like different challenges. <laughs> like sharpshooting or like something like that. Um, well, I'm gonna go hang with Hagrid, and uh, okay. I think it's a cool choice. I mean, I I'm, I'm definitely not not dissing the uh, Hogwarts choice. I, I think I think it's cool. I, like, but I will say that uh, probably seventy percent of the options that we deal with the delusional thinking are negative. It's like, oh, I don't want that or yeah, that. Yeah, so it's kind of yeah. nice that we have two two positive ones i don't think we're going to be disappointed either way yeah exactly Uh, but uh so yeah so i'll i'll leave it at that but um you know thank you for for those who who are listening thank you to alex for for joining in you know a new new dad joining us in a busy schedule that is we're asking a lot and you've given us over an hour so uh i know i and we we appreciate you for that i had Um, a good time thanks for having me yeah of course and and if you you know, we are at episode 99 here. Yeah. This is almost a moot point, but I'm going to say it because it's routine. If you haven't done it already, subscribe and let's listen in. Send some love on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcast. And, and throw us some love, too, on, on Twitter at the Quest for 100 or on Facebook and Instagram at Quest for 100 podcast all right until next time on the quest for 100